Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 297, episode 2 of Do Daily Zeitgeist! Yay! Yeah! Production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take, I guess you could say, a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Yeah. I it's so. Wednesday, July 26, 2023. Uh oh, uh oh. You know uh -oh. what that means. It is National Coffee Milkshake Day, National Bagel Fest Day, National All or Nothing Day, National Aunt and Uncle's Day. Shout out to the aunties out there. I don't say aunt. I say aunt. I don't know. Auntie. I don't know. Are you are you an auntie? Are you an aunt? I think aunt? it's situational. Oh. I grew up like in different places and some of them were aunt and some of them were aunt. So like, I think I call all of my aunts aunts. I, I'm like Aunt Carolyn. Aunt Betty, yeah, yeah. Because that's what it, when I was very young, that's what I okay how I was pronouncing it. But then, okay, definitely went through an aunt phase. Oh, I stayed I there, never it. left, never left. Uh, also, shout out! Uh, it's National Disability Independence Day, so nice, full of celebrations. July twenty sixth. I like whoever the dramatic motherfucker is who made it National All or Nothing Day. Dude, the Just... fucking picture on the website is a guy <laughs> tightrope walking across like a chasm. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, man! Nice. I could fucking die, man. It's all or nothing, man. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's what you're supposed to do. Just go all in. Don't hesitate. Just, just be confident. Happy all or nothing. I think that's good advice for the modern world. <laughs> just go all in. You know, go strong and in, wrong. Dude. It seems exactly. like that's working out well for all of us. My <laughs> name's Jack O'Brien, aka. You don't know what that fish should taste like, dude. You don't have the first clue. Which Swedish fruit ain't no particular taste I'm betting you'll ever guess But it's lingonberry fruit in your fish That is courtesy of Scotty Magoo on the Discord And I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host Mr. Miles Gray Oh my god, it's Miles Gray Shout out to the Lord of Lankershim, the peacekeeper of Pasadena For yes. preventing full-out brawls at the Rose Bowl uh, That is my AKA coming there off that go. last weekend I'm still, I was telling you this after recording I'm still like <laughs> affected by this, by all that shit that was popping off in the stands Anyway Thanks Seeing adults unresolved shit like fucking up their kids' lives in real time, yeah, like at <laughs> very important developmental stages can be can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope like in that child's formative memory, he remembers me as the person that helped his father, you know, become just overly violent at a at a sporting event. And I wonder if his dad's like, if that one dude didn't freaking stop me, I would have stomped him out. Don't be like that guy, son. 
I told you about how I have that one kid who I imprinted on at like a very young age because it was when like I, I my job was pool boy and also like unofficial lifeguard. And I like jumped in it was a tiny pool. I just like waded over to him and pulled him out while he uh-huh. was drowning. And his mom like chose not to jump in when he was dra- like, I was like, is he OK? Can he swim? Is that just a funny way that he swims? And then, like, I saw her, like, two days later, she's like, he won't stop talking about you. And he oh. was, like, a real, like, violent kid. Like, that, I, I was, like, noticing, like, he was, like, stomping his little sister's, like, dolls on the head and shit. Oh, wow. So I'm just, I feel like I'm on borrowed time, and that kid's going to show up at my door, like, uh, Anton Chigurh at some point in the next <laughs> 10 no years. Country. And just be like, well, hey, friend, what, Jack? That boy was me. No, oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, Miles, we are yeah. thrilled to be joined by an Emmy Award-winning comedian and the host of the new podcast, Indecent, mm-hmm. where she talks to experts about what is and isn't considered acceptable in today's society, who cool. sets the boundaries for today's taboos. Mm-hmm. Please welcome to the show, Kiki Anderson! Kiki Anderson! Hello, hello! Thank you so much for joining us. You're an Emmy Award winning journalist, correct? Uh-huh. And yes. and you're classing the join up by by coming over here. I like what what made you transition from journalism to comedy? I'm always interested when people have like I went I was a lobbyist and then was like, I want to do comedy. So I'm always interested when people are like, Yeah, I did that. Got my Emmy. I got my Emmy. Now I'm doing comedy. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, journalism is a hard, tough industry, and so I decided to go to comedy because it's notoriously easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, mm-hmm. of course. At least the laughs, at least everyone's laughing together when things are going bad in comedy, I guess, than yeah. watching, like, a, a newspaper yeah. or, or publication. Yeah, and I like getting that. paid nothing. Like, it's good. So, you know, journalism, yeah. comedy, it's all the same. Yeah, 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 it's exposure, it's exposure. Yeah, yeah. entry-level <laughs> comedy is, like, a pretty great track to be on. Parents are always <laughs> impressed, and, you know, they're, they're like, oh, that's great. And so what will you be making next year and the year after that? It oh, is funny, amazing. though, that... It's like the same things like where you see like interns who are like, how are you able to be an intern at the New York Times and then get a job? It's like, well, my parents are like bankrolling that. It's the same way there's like comedians who are like the secret trust fund comedians. Are like, how are you out here without working ever? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. secret, secret wealth. <laughs> yeah, well, I, do, I do think there's comedians who like secretly work, but they don't want people to think they're not full time comedians. Like, yes, I'm like, you have to too. be doing something during the day, right? Like, right. You're yeah, not touring. Yeah. What's that of the gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I'm a professor. Okay. Cats out of <laughs> God, this is so embarrassing. I'm a uh, philosophy PhD and a professor. Oh, yo. UCLA. Like exposure. So I was at this thing where like a comedy club was like a presenting sponsor of like a, j- like a jazz in the park day. And part of it was like, hey, just so you know, like, I guess their thing was like as the jazz bands would kind of take a break like a promoter from the comedy club would come out and try and get people to like, he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are stressed these days. You know, what's good laughter. Come on down to the club. We got a lot of great comedians. I actually want to give you a taste. Now this guy's coming up. His name's Robert. He does a lot of stuff for us at the comedy club, but he's now doing a little bit, some open mic stuff. And I said, he can come up real quick, give you guys a couple jokes just to give you guys a taste. The jokes were almost made me die. The, this is the one I will tell you. I will. I remember word for word. He came up and goes, Hey, so, and like his whole style was like kind of Mitch Hedberg y, sort of like, I don't give right. a fuck, monotone. Perfect like, for that scenario. Yeah, exactly. When <laughs> someone so damn is like, hey, so, I've uh, been reading some JK Rowling lately. JK. Wow. <laughs> and then like everyone was not do anything. And I, I groaned, but like in a funny, I was like, ooh. Fingers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, we all got to get it in where we can. So respect to that to that joke. At least he didn't go somewhere transphobic with it. He just kind of made a just a weird play on JK. <laughs> that guy's going to be president. <laughs> yeah, that joke did distract me from the impending climate catastrophe for a moment. So, yeah, exactly. You know, as promised. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Kiki, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, couple of things we're talking about. We're going to talk about how the X rebrand of Twitter is going V well. We're going to talk about Glenn Beck's new book and like the inevitable right wing mental boomerang. And also, I like 
I was intrigued by the cover. I don't know if I fell into the Glenn Beck trap, but the, yeah. the cover of the book has three three men on it. It has Two are Bill instantly Gates, recognizable. Joe Biden, flanking somebody who nobody knows who is. It's it Marlon Brando guy. from the Island of Dr. Moreau? It looks like Marlon Brando from the Island of Dr. Moreau crossed with like Rupert Murdoch, maybe? Yeah, um, yeah. That's what and I thought turtle. it was Murdoch. But it, but it's um, Klaus Schwab, the le- <laughs> leader, one of the leaders of the IMF, that they were mm-hmm. like, this is going to move some copies. Oh, hell yeah. So, but we'll, we'll talk about that theory. We'll, we'll talk about the, uh, some of the tragedies that Oppenheimer completely glosses over. Oh, well, and... like, that, like it's an atom bomb? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that one. <laughs> All cool, of that. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Plenty more. But first, Kiki, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Well, it's pretty dark. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah go let's ahead. go. Okay. Yeah, it's not even noon yet. Let's go. Yeah, uh, let me just so, think about that J.K. Rowling joke real quick. Okay, right. I'm ready. <laughs> Get to a good place so I can bring you all down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so my last week in news, uh, I tried to pitch this story that we never were able to do because we didn't get a call back. But I was living and working in Baltimore at the time. And the like beloved giraffe at the zoo died. And I wanted to know what they do with zoo animals when they die. Like, do they oh, have no. a giraffe funeral? Right. Do they bury them? Is there a giraffe graveyard? Like, what happens to them? And we never got a call back. And it's been bothering me for years. So very recently, I Googled it. And apparently they all get cremated, but not for reasons that you might think. They get cremated so that people can't sell their body parts like on the black market. Oh, right. And get like a giraffe skeleton. You're like, nobody's getting this skelly. Right. If we can't have it, you can't either. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that they- is so selfish. I want to buy a giraffe skeleton. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> That's, uh... You must have very tall ceilings in your apartment. <laughs> Do they have horns? Yeah. What's the shit on the top of their head? Yeah, some of them have like those little guys. Antennas for Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, 5G. Yeah, yeah, those aren't, because they have ears and them like nubs too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's, my, that's my stupid question that I want yeah. to contribute to this discussion <laughs> about giraffe anatomy. Giraffe head knobs. <laughs> Let's see what comes up. That, uh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ostacons. And where can I buy them? <laughs> uh, Baltimore Zoo. Uh, yeah, exactly. Google uh, <laughs> giraffe ossicones for sale. So yeah, wait, did, did, we... did you Google the shopping tab of Google, or did you get <laughs> image, yeah, just, image yeah. results? Actually, on yeah. Facebook Marketplace, they're very friendly <laughs> to the black market. Right. Wait. So at the time when you were covering that story, did the, the giraffe just kind of pass away due to natural natural causes? It wasn't like a dubious it's or a drug suspicious overdose. death, was it? Yeah, fentanyl's really infiltrating the zoo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think he wire. just died of natural causes. Actually, yeah, okay, yeah. wait, on that same subject, do you guys know this like famous hippo, Fiona, is like at, I think, Cincinnati Zoo? I'm, I, this, I am not, it, no. I'm nope. not familiar. Okay. Yes, okay, go on. Hippo content is huge on the internet. Fiona is a celeb. And apparently, like, that's the same zoo that Harambe was shot at. So they've just done this whole rebrand with this hippo. And I'm like, no, you can't like get away from your dark past. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Cincinnati. So are they just like cranking out stars at the Cincinnati Zoo or something? Apparently they they got a really good PR team. Yeah, yeah, for real. When I Google Cincinnati Zoo hippo, I see that they're mourning the loss of Henry the hippo (gasps) back in 2017. Oh, 2017. Okay. Well, well they probably killed him. Yeah, father exactly. of famous Fiona. Oh, Fiona's father. Oh. oh, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. They're kind of setting us up for disaster because hippos are, you know, they they will kill a motherfucker. Like, real. They're they're very deadly in the yeah. in the right circumstances. So that was like my one little kid like annoying factoid. Out, I say like hippos are actually the most dangerous. Like if like <laughs> to humans, it's not this or that. But yeah. It's what they do. It's what they do. Besides mosquitoes, that's my kid's favorite fact right now. You know oh, what mosquitoes the deadliest animal is? Mosquitoes. Because <laughs> you're going very narrow for like blood-borne yeah. illnesses. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which fucks okay, my yeah. younger kid up because he gets a lot of mosquito bites. He's got that sweet, sweet blood oh, that that's the mosquitoes oh, no. crave. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing There's like nothing just, you can do. 
sitting in bed waiting for mosquitoes to come and bite you to death. But, <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't fuck with them. Be like, ooh, you know, like you could get you know what you could get from that mosquito. I, th- I think know- he does like when we're not around. Ah. So. Uh, uh, would be my guess. Yes, based on the fact siblings. that my youngest's hair has turned completely <laughs> right. white. The second word was Zika. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> what is something Kiki that you think is overrated? Something that is overrated. I think that in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, we should be allowed to put our elbows on the table when we're eating. I think that this is a stupid rule that we're still abiding by. And I looked it up, and the reason is because uh, apparently. Our tabletops used to be like on logs. So if you put your elbows on the table, it would like flip the whole table over. But like, that's not a problem anymore. So I think we should be more rude when we're having dinner. Wait, the the etiquette of elbows on the table was born out of eating off of floppy logs? <laughs> <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? I just thought, okay, yeah. I mean, it's funny how quickly I started. I just had my elbows on the table. Like, I think once my mom or like, like my grandmother gave up on trying to get give me any sense of etiquette. But damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. I mean, but that I, makes I, sense. If you flip the table and get dinner all over somebody's lap, that's super rude. But like, that's not a risk anymore. Yeah. What is? Yeah, I guess. What is it like eating a hamburger with your elbows on the table kind of thing? Just having. It's, yeah. Or, or just having a wide mm-hmm. base. With like your fork and knife with elbows playing. I'm just trying to give, I'm just trying to put myself at the table right now and figure how I'm, yeah, I'll eat a sandwich like this with my elbows just buried. Right, like I'm in my 30s. My back hurts. Let me put my elbows on the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably like good for core strength not to have them on there, but also we need a rest in this year (laughs) of our Lord 2023. (laughs) My head is heavy. Yeah. Are you here literally holding it up? Yeah. (laughs) Please, please stay with us. What's something you think is underrated? Something I think is underrated is saying less. I feel like the pendulum has swung too far the other way. Like we got too in our feelings as society. We're like too vulnerable. We're too, we're using like too much therapy speak, Jonah Hill. But this all comes from, I recently saw on TikTok this trend called crying girl makeup, where girls are doing their makeup to make it look like they've been crying. And I'm like, we got, we got to stop. We got to stop fetishizing being sad. That's not good. Right. (laughs) Is that just to have like kind of like red irritated eyes with like vague memories of mascara or something? (laughs) Pretty much. That's exactly right. And like they're kind of shiny. Like you might have pink eye or you might have been crying. Right. Is that this is where I'm like old. I'm like, is and that's and that's appealing now? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm 31, so I remember when on Zanga people were posting like emo semi-suicidal song lyrics but i think we should have stopped there like we don't need to be making ourselves look like we've been crying we have plenty of things to actually cry about yeah right exactly like let let your band t-shirts announce like your mental Mm -hmm. state you know that's like i remember you know like the goth kids were really good at just being like oh i can tell from your vibe you probably were crying but you're not (laughs) you don't have it on your face (laughs) yeah when i picture crying girl makeup i picture like streaks of like dark eye makeup but this the image results seem yeah more like pink pink eyed with shiny glossy cheeks right and i do think we should fetishize pink eye like let's do that instead of fetishizing sad makeup (laughs) staphylococcus wait what is it called what is it and what do you call it what's pink eye actually called is that a bukkake what no 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 is that what you said conjunctivitis of a staph infection yeah but no yeah 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 did you ever get, I never got pink eye. So maybe I should start fetishizing it because it's just one of those things that's always been out of reach for me. Or maybe I should just like fart. Have somebody fart my, in your eye? Yeah, yeah. Have my face farted on more often. Yeah. Huh. You right. can get well, someone to do that on Craigslist like pretty easily, actually. I mean. Pretty I'm, cheap. For like, you'd be surprisingly cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with a newborn, <laughs> with a new baby, you know, I think if I just time it right, I could probably just get a direct one to the face anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. All right. Well, let, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about some news. Uh-huh. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And Elon Musk's sprint to completely devalue Twitter as quickly as possible is it's kind of impressive. Like, yeah. his, he's doing work. He's putting in the work. It's weird because it feels like it was by design from the beginning. Like, he's like, this is fate. Like, I'm in phase three. But all it is is just him not hearing no from anyone at all. Yeah. And for the past 20 years, years we life. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. X.com is not doing great. Apparently, there's already problems within hours of announcing that, you know, it's X.com. For starters, like, just, just you know, X.com, X, many derivations of that have already been trademarked by literally hundreds of companies, including Meta and Microsoft. So many people are like, yeah, I'm expecting lawsuits probably around this and their ability to use that as a brand. And then we also found out that like when they tried to take the fucking bird logos off their headquarters in San Francisco, the police just shut the whole thing down because they didn't have permits to like be operating like the heavy machinery you needed like to work on the exterior of the building. And yeah, and it's just kind of like those are like the little problems. And now where he's also finding out that Musk has changed the names of the conference rooms to shit like sexy, but like with like the like a capitalized X or like exposure, uh, E capital X P O S U R E. And many people are right to point out, like, let's not forget, he was accused of groping and exposing himself to a flight attendant that he basically got to put them on mute because of a big cash settlement. And that his other companies, like we hear nonstop reports of like how it's like toxic, sexist culture of places like Tesla. So I'd imagine, yeah, going into meet me in sexy for a talk. I'm sure it won't lead to any kind of complications if there even is HR 
uh, at Twitter right now. Uh, I'm sure he got all of them to quit like right away. That seems to be <laughs> phase zero of the plan. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Is it called tweeting now or is it called Xing? That's we don't fucking know. I think I mean, all of out of habit, I, we're all calling it tweeting. But this is this leads to the n- next point is that because we're like they're abandoning all that brand familiarity of like Twitter and erasing sort of the word tweet from our cultural lexicon, it's only going to cost Twitter about 20 billion dollars in brand value. So that's what that has done. I'm not sure what that means, but I'd like when I do the quick maths, I, the last report we heard is that like basically it, it lost half of its value when he bought it at 40, 40 some billion dollars. So then if it lost twenty dollars in brand or twenty billion in brand value. I don't know. I don't know how to do that math, but it sounds like not good. I think it's two billion dollars is the left using quick math. Yeah, okay. So if we yeah, we have forty four, twenty two minus twenty, and now it's a two billion dollar company. Two billion. Which okay. is impressive. I mean yeah. he, he's killing it. If his goal was to completely rob it of all value, which like finance bros who like are adamant on him not being an idiot or like that's i mean it makes sense when you think about it it kind of makes <laughs> sense how how so sir it's like you know <laughs> like you don't want you want to unburden yourself of all that brand value it's like expectation you know what i mean right. and you can kind of start from scratch and make all that money back i guess kiki how you how have you been you know navigating this evolution of twitter I don't know. Twitter used to be my favorite platform, but I try to get on threads, you know, like if we're going to be in a billionaire's terrarium, I feel like threads is the new move. But like threads is so corny. (laughs) Like I can't (laughs) get behind threads. It's it's like I was telling somebody, it's like when you go to an open mic like the day after New Year's and there's all these new people there that have never done comedy (laughs) before. That's how threads feels. It's like all these people that don't know how to tweet. And so it's like weird attempts at being funny. And then like you're seeing content from people you don't follow, so yeah, or like, like the people that shit. like people I went to school with who now are like to your point are like I got one liners. Check this out. I was just <laughs> reading J.K. Rowling. J.K. <laughs> Thread that shit. Like yeah, that guy's it is... killing it on threads. Thread it. <laughs> yeah. He had another one that I'm pretty sure is just one of these stolen like Rickles or Rodney Dangerfield jokes. He's they, I'm sorry, we keep bringing this guy up. The other one he said was. So I had to go to the doctor, uh, my mother-in-law's doctor, because, uh, yeah, we had to talk about her um, sleeping medication because it's not strong enough. She's not what? sleeping. She, it's, it's supposed to put her to sleep. Like, he, like it was, that, was the, that was the cadence of that joke. We're like, huh? It's like, all right. Uh, what else? Wait, that what was else? the joke? <laughs> yeah, like, basically meant to be like, it, it sounded put like concerned sleep, like son-in-law, but it's like, these pills ain't working, Doc. She's still talking. Uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, spread the. I'm telling you, that guy's gonna be the next TikTok star because people are gonna stick around for the punchline and never find it, and the engagement is just gonna be through the roof. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. sell yeah, out the theaters comments. in no time. <laughs> They're like, he's doing that art something? up there. He's doing art up there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah Elon, though, it's uh, it is wild. Like, what? He's just. What are the? Are these ideas? Are these just? reactions without a plan i'm trying to really understand like what the what the room is like when he's pitching this shit to like the other twitter people yeah i mean it really feels like we saw what the room is like in succession when kendall roy was like pitching you know like anytime kendall roy is pitching and it would just be like yeah so Set it to uh, super growth, double click it five times, pull in uh-huh. banking play, skyrocket growth to the moon, something like that. Like just oh, cat, yeah. like just tossing <laughs> off these casual asides of like, you know. Right. What's the temperature in the room? What's the temperature in the room? Yeah. Take yeah. the temperature for me. <laughs> yeah. It's feel? just not because, yeah, they, like his play at X.com is that he's hopes it will be some kind of all encompassing omni platform, including banking. Like, why the fuck would anyone trust you? Like, they, they, we don't even trust you to run this website efficiently. Like, that that is just a place where we type words. Yeah, Chiquita Banana and Dole Fruit don't even trust you enough to be on there anymore after they got fucking impersonated so many times. But yeah, sure, I'll, I'll put my savings. I put my savings into x.com savings. Yeah. No, I would rather be on Neopets.com doing my banking. There's like this guy, he's proof that there is no such thing as a billionaire. How do you have so much time to come up with so much dumb shit? 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, truly. It's not because of the ideas, folks. It's because <laughs> his just weird, I guess, uh Kendall Roy chat game is just uh pretty good, I guess. I mean, we saw what happens like in that CNBC interview when like someone actually asks him a question, he falls the fuck apart. And he'll bring up a, a meme about fucking Princess Bride. And you're like, yeah. Oh, that's not an answer to the question, sir, but it, okay. <laughs> Well, I just think he should have stopped like what, you know, like Dave Chappelle, like brought him out in a theater and everyone booed him. Like for yeah. most people, that would have been enough to like hide in a cave and never come back. But he just doubled yeah. down. Yeah, truly. Well, he never gives up. No, we'll <laughs> give him that. Yeah, because everybody's just telling him to keep going because he has enough people that he's surrounding himself with that are just like genius, sir. Right. They're just yeah. haters because you're bawling so hard. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> These are great ideas. They're broke boys. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Well. Balling with a hard G. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Balling. Balling gug. <laughs> all right. Let's let's check in with Glenn Beck. It's been a couple of decades. But yeah, he like I haven't had to say or think about Glenn Beck, I think, in a decade. Have we ever covered Glenn Beck on this show? I feel like maybe as an aside, but it's not I don't think as a focal point to be like Glenn Beck. Remember him? Because he's just been he's just fallen into obscurity since yeah. like his heyday of the late aughts. Yeah, he's he's got to be a cautionary tale that like Fox News anchors tell each other. Right. Like, yeah, because he he was riding high and then got fired kind of at, at the peak, at the height of his dressing up as a founding father. -ness. Yep. Yep, exactly. To lead the charge against Barack Obama. <laughs> Wait, what did he get fired for? I, I don't think it was ever, like, really clear other than, like, contract shit. But, like, not, not thinking he was paid enough. And yeah. now he's like, check me out on uh, Yahoo Fantasy Sports. The, it's, it actually has nothing to do with fantasy sports, but it's, like, the streaming app that they use for that. You can go over there and, you know, if you type in this exact URL, you can find a live stream of me standing in front of a blackboard with cosplaying as Ben on. Franklin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know when he left, it was just sort of like, I'm leaving Fox. And people were like, yeah. oh, okay. And I think that <laughs> caused a lot of speculation because I, uh, I think at the time people were speculating that it could have just been like toxic content equals ad exodus and just that little bit of having him for a little bit. Just they were They got scared really quickly. But either way, he left. He's gone on to do nothing that we ever mentioned but he manages to say you know somewhat relevant in the right wing take a sphere but recently like many other bigots uh, of his kind he has gone after target for not going full westboro baptist and disappearing gay culture during pride month and he basically was like we have to boycott right. target because yada yada grooming blah blah protect the children's and now he's got some dumbass book right. coming out and he is complaining that Target isn't selling it in their stores. <laughs> he says, dear Target, this is on a tweet. Why is blowback, a warning to save democracy from the next Trump, a purely political book allowed to be sold in your stores? But my book is not. <laughs> and you're like, sir, you, you just spent like weeks on end telling people to not shop there. You hope they burn because demons run it. But then you're also like, Sell my book, please. Honestly, the book itself is like a conspiracy laden pile of Nazi farts. So there's not so much to discuss there in terms of substance. But again, like it, it is good to point out it is being sold on Target.com, just not in their fucking stores, which again, have you been to the book section of a Target? And I use book very lightly. Yeah, there's a couple books there. It's like 10 books. Usually that's there. <laughs> It'll be yeah. like whatever if there's like a Stephen King book, whatever the popping kids book is, and then like a couple like random things. I'm looking at the fantasy section or sorry, not the fantasy section, the book section of <laughs> <laughs> Target. Yeah, I, yeah, it's so yeah. great because this is the same guy that would be like, I don't think Target has to sell to gay people, but they do have to sell my book. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's, which again, it's just so you see another moment like this where you have a right wing hate grifter do the thing where he like screams about woke corporations and then only comes back around and is like, help me because I also rely on you for my book sales. Shut the, what is this? Yeah. Good news is they are selling Prince Harry's book and cat kid comic club. 
So oh, there's oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, cat kids going off. It's the it's the next shared cinematic universe that's gonna fuck everyone up in like ten years. I yeah, I was trying to figure out like I'm not gonna read it, but the cover got me because and I think inadvertently so. Like you've got Bill Gates and Biden flanking some bald guy. Like Bill Gates looks like he's like an operator. Like he's wearing like a black like paramilitary uniform yeah. with his name on it in case you didn't recognize Bill Gates. It says Gates on. <laughs> and then like they're flanking a bald guy who, again, like there's no way you have any idea who this person is, but I guess in the world of wild Nazi fart conspiracies, like he is a household name and like a, a recognizable face. His name is Klaus Schwab. He's one of the leaders of the IMF. So, I mean, the International Monetary Fund probably, yeah, he's probably not like the coolest dude in the world. <laughs> like he's, and so the book is about like, watch out for the Great Reset because the next step is going to fuck you up. And the Great Reset is this like international economic theory that was set to debut at Davos and the the Davos that got canceled by the pandemic, but it's like basically international billionaires coming together and being like, climate change is going to make people mad. And so we have to like bring the values of companies together with people and like stop being so completely distanced from what matters to people, which that, that sounds like a good idea. Uh -huh. Their method for doing that is through deregulation and like getting private companies like more involved in ruling the the world oh which, like law enforcement or that kind of shit yeah 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 and the conspiracy oh. is that the great reset was actually the cause of covid they like created the pandemic so that companies could come in and seize more power which it seems like it's like basically impossible for companies to have more power than they have right now. So <laughs> right. like why kill millions of paying customers across the globe and like freeze the economy for a couple of years to do that? I'm guessing the explanation in the book is some combination of like they hate white people and they don't like our freedom or some shit. Right. But I don't I don't know. See, it seems like a mess. I, I feel like they were like who is this is this YA literature? Like it looks like it could be like a Hunger Games style book mixed with like a Tom Clancy book, and yeah, that's right. why they're not putting it on shelves. <laughs> yeah, they've got a whole new thing that they're pressing. They said that like in the book, there's like also the great narrative movement that is going to completely change the way we. It's going to address how we're perceiving the decay of like traditional values throughout the colonizer world. Mm. So, and then then there's like mentions of the ccp and vladimir putin just for good measure so i don't know what it means but there's a lot of words that resonate with people i guess it's all connected i remember like seeing images of his show like post fox and he's standing in front of a a chalkboard and it is literally that that meme from it's always sunny with like all the different things connected and like 50 <laughs> different like circles like words that he's circled and then like drawn an arrow to another word but I also like th this just reminded me of um, did you guys ever read the book Freakonomics? Do you remember oh, when that was yeah. like oh, hell yeah. such a popular like it was like smart it's like bestseller smart person. Everyone reading. had it in their bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone had it. It's still a popular podcast. The author Stephen Dubner, I think, is, is the yeah. New York Times journalist. He, like, I remember, like, at the height of that, I think it was his podcast, like, popularity, he, like, did an episode where he just, like, hung with Glenn Beck, and, like, Glenn Beck drove a race car around, <laughs> and then they just, like, riffed on, like, some theory that driving race cars will make you drive safer because you're, like, aware that they're dangerous or some shit. But oh, no. I just I feel like we've never fully reckoned with what a reactionary dystopia. hack. Yeah. And and like that book in particular, like that that guy, I think in his follow up to Freakonomics, like he had something about how the climate crisis was actually not that big a deal because someone was going to like come through and solve it. And mm -hmm. he like compared the climate crisis to the crisis in 
New York City at the turn of the last century when like there was horse poop everywhere because everyone was driving horses. And he was like, but progress naturally came through and solved that for us with cars. So now climate change is just like the latest thing. And we're going to figure it out (laughs) by putting a bunch of gases into the atmosphere that'll make it cooler. And we're, we're good here. And that is such like fucking white guy thinking. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a leap. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, it sounds like it sounds like your mom solved a lot of problems for you behind the scenes that you weren't aware <laughs> of either. Guy. And I happened. don't know how to fold a T-shirt. Yeah. Just what they end up in there to know about. <laughs> yeah. <me>. But if <laughs> I leave them around, them. someone folds them and puts them in there. So yeah. problem solved. I just want to say, if he wanted us to be scared of Bill Gates and Joe Biden, like, why did he make them look so cool on this book cover? <laughs> like, they look, they like, go hard as fuck here. Like, yeah, they, they kind of look Bill Gates has ever looked. <laughs> they, Joe Biden looks like he could, like, shoot a fucking jet out of the sky with, like, a handgun. Like, that's how, like, his, like, face is like, what's fucking next for me? Which, I mean, yeah. we're usually, it's, usually he's asking that out of confusion. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, like not. this is a Joe Biden I yeah. would vote for. Like he looks present, engaged. He remembers yeah. that he's president. He's got good eyesight. It looks yeah. like he looks like he's just killed very a far away. room of bad guys with his laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, the, it, like the Biden on the cover feels like it's laser eye Biden. It's like dark Biden just with his laser eyes turned off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's charging. And the guy next to him, he looks turtly enough for the turtle club. I don't know who he is, but I mean, you said who he is, but I still don't really. (laughs) I don't understand. That was a lot of words. I don't believe you. When you said IMF, I thought you meant impossible missions force, like from Mission Impossible. (laughs) Because isn't that like the name of their the group that he's part of? Anyway, uh, just another factoid I just want to point out. I think like as as I like just kind of peruse a little bit more about what the book is, it's like any fucking conspiracy book for the right, which is essentially meant to say like all the progress you're seeing around you is fucking evil. And right. you're going to have to explode the corporations or g- people of goodwill in order to preserve our like archaic way of living. Because in like just sort of one of the descriptions goes on to talk about how Glenn Beck and the co-author reveal the most important technologies and social and cultural changes that will soon cause an unprecedented level of disruption in the United States. They also outline the dangers and opportunities associated with these disruptions and provide a plan to protect individuals and families from losing their liberty. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, I think which means the your their perceived right to be terribly racist and hateful in public, maybe, yeah. I think is how they yeah. describe liberty. I think that's days. usually what it means. Yeah. But anyway, when the, in the intense struggle for the future of humankind, whose side will you be on? Hmm. On on the super on the freakonomics guys, like he was fully in on like there were those leaked emails where people tried to like cherry pick. It was like the first like, you know, Podesta emails leak, but about climate change where they like pulled all these emails and then like cherry picked these little details to make it seem like climate scientists were lying about climate change. And he like went on Fox and was like, I, th- I think we have to take a whole new look at the entire narrative that they've been giving. That's like this New York Times reporter who who wrote Freakonomics. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people have like written that book off at this point, like who were paying attention. But I do feel like it's still out there and still has the cachet of like being associated with the New York Times. And he's a fucking complete hack. Right. Uh, Yeah. This is news to me. I thought it was just like a good bathroom reader that everybody got behind. I didn't know he was a kook. Well, I think at that time, what he was saying was like just vague enough that you couldn't quite parse like you know, maybe what his ultimate worldview was. And I think also just like the shorthand, like New York Times, good. Yeah, New York Times, good. (laughs) We should all just think a little bit more like economists. There you go. Got it. (laughs) NUI all over again. NUI all over. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Uh 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We're back. And if I seem a little distant, it is because I'm coming to you from the, like, 15 seconds in the past. For some reason, there's a (laughs) fucking long-ass lag that is happening. I'm hearing everything everybody says 10 seconds later. I apologize. To our guest, I apologize to my parents. I'm better than this, I promise. Didn't apologize to me, though. Uh, I apologize to Miles, of course. Okay, but right. I, I just well, feel like you're forward. used to it at this point. My Yeah, the non-apologies? Yeah, a little too <laughs> used to them at this point. <laughs> All right, should we talk Oppenheimer? Well, I don't think, yeah. that, Miles, we, you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Nah, nah, this week, though. This week, I will go to yeah. look at Killian Murphy's spooky face in IMAX, I think. Spooky face. I need his Botox beautiful face. What are you talking about? <laughs> wait, hold on. Okay, wait. What? So you, Killian, he doesn't look haunted as fuck to you? Yeah, but maybe that's my thing. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure we're seeing the same thing. I'm not I'm not knocking you if that's what you're into, but I'm like, he he haunted. Uh, but I get that. Then that's why he stays working, because you can't fake that face. I like a good hollowed out husk of a man, personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That oh, turns yeah. me on. Great Have you seen the picture where people like took pictures from the front row of the IMAX? <laughs> and it's like, it's no. just so warped because oh, you know, like it's just a wall, wall sized close up of his face. <laughs> and it's like, man, his right jowl is really the star of this shot. They shouldn't, they shouldn't, sh- they shouldn't sell seats that close to the fucking screen. Cause I saw Barbie in the second row and I was definitely testing like the limits of like what is too close to a screen because it's like a bigger screen. And I was like, my head was like jerking around. But then also like the perspective does shift a bit when you're the viewing angle is so acute. Anyway, 
why am I why am I going to complain to the <laughs> capitalist theaters yeah. to be like sell less seats, okay, to make the experience better for everyone? Fine, if you just stand on your seat and in an athletics position, and then just look back and forth really fast the whole time. That helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> blends into one image. All right, so Oppenheimer, as we mentioned on our weekend digest, is making way more money than anyone expected. Currently has 94% approval rating from critics and audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's coming under some heat for some, <laughs> some things that it just kind of glosses, glosses over. Yeah, I keep I feel like this week I've seen nonstop articles about like like what the movie gets right and what is made up or other things like here's the real Oppenheimer story or things you probably didn't know were not there in the Oppenheimer movie. That seems like to be a lot of taking up a lot of space right now as people watch it. Are the articles like they actually dropped those bombs on Japan? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked Dude, up. Like, do you see how big those things were and like super hot? They, I don't know if you know this, but like that's those bombs like killed a lot of people after it wasn't just him having sex with Florence Pugh all the time <laughs> in like front of Congress. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I, I guess Oppenheimer illustrates the devastation and his guilt only through like subjective visions that Oppenheimer has. The whole movie is told from his perspective, right? It, like stays on the perspective of Oppenheimer himself, which conveniently allows a movie about one of the greatest horrors in modern history to be blockbuster entertainment for mainstream audiences. <laughs> right. It's like, but he was so conflicted when he made it, though. Yeah. Just so you know, but also people's shadows were burnt into concrete from the blast. But he felt bad. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, like, hot take, I feel like, like, it's almost like going to McDonald's. Like, I don't go to McDonald's to feel good. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to Oppenheimer to, like, learn history. Like, you're just learning about this weird dude. Yeah, I think it on some level, like, I get that. Like, as a as a work of, like, entertainment, it's like, okay, there's plenty of, like, bummer shit you can watch if you really want to, like, drill down into, like, the atom bomb and shit like that. But I think for, like, when you're talking about someone who's, what they're, what they what they gave to the world <laughs> and you kind of avoid like what that actually ends up being then it feels a little bit like well are you telling the whole story to just kind of focus on him there because i i think there is so much complexity there that you can make like a good story out of but i i get why people be like huh you kind of gloss over like what where all that work led but okay yeah big part it. of the story <laughs> yeah 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 so one of the details that our writer Jam kind of points out also gets glossed over in addition to the dropping of the bombs in Japan is the land in Los Alamos where the Manhattan Project was based was like, for, first of all, forcibly secured and indigenous and Hispanic communities were relocated. Lands were seized by armed soldiers who showed up with letters written in English that, like, the people who lived there couldn't understand because they sent no translators. And part of the, like, reasoning that the military and Oppenheimer specifically used to pick Los Alamos as the site of the Manhattan Project was because competing sites such as in Utah would have meant evicting white farmers. Uh, and they course. also saw the dispossessed Hispanic and indigenous residents as a potential, quote, cheap labor force for the Manhattan Project. Oh, my God. So they're like, OK, once they're displaced, they're going to be desperate enough to come work for us. Yeah. So, like, even if you're centering his point of view and like his decision making going into this, it is like you are having to do a lot of work on his behalf to just make him seem humane. And the the big thing is like. And this this part feels wildly cinematic, like the sort of thing that Christopher Nolan would have to explicitly be like, man, that would be an amazing thing to show is that like they knew the area around the Trinity test site was like far from uninhabited. So there are like all these communities who lived around the like where they set off the explosion who are not warned about the dangers of the experiments and mm -hmm. like so there's like dozens of families within 20 miles and these are like largely poor families and ranchers and farmers and there there were like all these storms on the day that they were supposed to 
conduct the test. And a physicist warned Oppenheimer that this could be a catastrophe. And Oppenheimer relayed this message to the military by saying, the weather today is whimsical. Oh, it'll whimsically carry radioactive fallout miles away. Is that what he means? Very whimsically? Oh, the whimsy of radio radioactivity. Okay, okay. Sure. Yeah. He had that cool quote about being become death, destroyer of worlds, burning a hole in his pocket. And he was like, I, I got to use this thing, man. <laughs> like, this is going <laughs> to fucking rule when we set this thing off. Dude, you so. got to put, you know how thick the glasses are you got to put on even fucking look at it? It's going to be fucking wild, bro. I love the two that the guy who told him that was Enrico Fermi. Who? Yeah, yeah. Enrico the, of the Fermi paradox uh, for people who like to talk about like space life out there yeah yeah make a story about him yeah yeah seriously so just a little like scene that was omitted so the a meteorologist warned that the weather that morning was likely to spread fallout far and wide over new mexico's civilian population right in the middle of a period of thunderstorm the meteorologist complained in his journal of the scheduled test what son of a bitch could have done this and so as the storm raged in the hours before the test, Fermi warns Oppenheimer there could be a catastrophe. Oppenheimer took a break from the reading the poetry of Baudelaire to relay to the military the weather is whimsical thing. I oh, love that. He's fucking reading poetry. Like just being <laughs> as he's about to like end the lives of people and like, you know, poison generations. Right, right, right. Because, yeah, the fallout is like a still a legacy to this day. From yeah. I've, I definitely know about it. Yeah, it affects people's DNA. Yeah. Also, that quote is so corny. Like, why? Like, I don't know. If you're, like, quoting the fucking death thing, like, that guy shouldn't be allowed to make decisions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like, but he's going to help us flex our power on the communists. That's the real big part of this, too. Yeah. So... They went through with the test. It was essentially a dirty bomb by today's standards because it like didn't succeed that well. I think only there was like 20 percent of it that didn't go off or maybe it was only 20 percent went off. Yeah. Yeah. 20 percent of the core went off and the rest was, you know, scattered across New Mexico and beyond. Literally ruined a batch of film at a Kodak factory in Indiana. That's close by based yeah. on my rough geography and knowledge of the United States. So they're in New Mexico, and it blew all the way to... In- oh, no, that's very oh, far. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, what? Oh, boy. That's 1,267 miles from the middle of New Mexico to Indiana. Okay, so... Huh, huh, That's huh, like huh, all huh. of middle America. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, and, like, that wasn't as far as it went. That was... Where where it went and ruined a batch of film, like right. <laughs> that's how the it was still that powerful that far away. The military collected radioactive fallout, and you might you might assume that was in order to document and make decisions better, but it was totally just based on like legal ass covering. And for thousands of people who lived near the Trinity site, they were awoken that morning. So this is the detail. Like this is the most cinematic, like, fucked up depiction of this entire experiment that I could imagine. So the the thousands of people who live near the Trinity site are awoken that morning by a goddamn nuclear blast. That A thing that, like, has not been possible, doesn't exist as far as human assumptions about reality, like human understanding has been possible. technology, right, yeah. Yeah. Most of those people didn't even realize what had happened until the news of the bombing of Japan. And their land, crops, livestock, and water were irradiated, leading to generations of people suffering from various types of cancer. In the weeks after the test, they were never advised that their land, crops, livestock, and water may may have been contaminated. Like, it just feels like that's all incredibly cinematic. Yeah. But we can't tell the story from the perspective of the people and have to do, like, the great man theory of history, where everything's controlled by a protagonist who is sitting with detached bemusement and reading poetry and, you know, making massive decisive decisions that affect the lives of thousands of people. In millions, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Honestly, Hales Have Eyes had a better, <laughs> they did a better job of depicting the impacts of <laughs> Yeah, truly, the Hills Have Eyes <laughs> is, is a story for the people about the downwinders from the fucking Trinity blasts. Yeah. yeah, and like, again, it is wild, too, because to tell that story, you have to reveal a lot about the United States government, about how commerce works, about the motivations to just be like, yeah, we're actually don't want to displace white people. We want to displace like Hispanic and indigenous people. We don't care about the poor people downwind. And if they at, try and come with us with evidence that they've actually suffered because of this testing, we're just going to fucking turn a blind eye because those people have no, they, they, they've never had and never will have any kind of financial recourse due to what happened there. So that's, that's and instead fun. they'll come work for us. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, if you want, we'll test your body for a couple bucks. Huh? That could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me when my sister and I, we went to Vietnam and we went to because over there. They call it the American War, not the Vietnam War. Yeah. And like the pictures in that museum are so much more horrific than anything you've ever been taught over here. Yeah. It's not a GI with like a sleeveless, you know, fatigue jacket on with cigarettes in his helmet singing fortunate son it's like yeah and that's what it was we don't know about chemical warfare or these other terrible things and napalm and shit like that right right yeah yeah that's yeah. always like that's always it's that's what's fu funny is like this way i guess it makes sense because america like the film industry is not always going to really crank out those real sort of sober eyed depictions of what are like imperial wars end up looking like on the other side it is going to be like yeah there's oppenheimer he did that and yeah, maybe it was kind of like these guys in Germany kicked some butt and then they came back and they're still just kind of like we're always we're not left with like a real total telling of like the humanity of of war. But hey, that's for the European filmmakers to do because they have fantastic anti-war films. Right. Is this movie funded? Like I know like Top Gun has like military funding behind it. Do you know if like Oppenheimer does? I don't know. I mean, unless that usually like it happens because you want to use the the military's toys and they're like, fine, mm -hmm. if you want to play with our toys on camera, then like we have like a say in, in stuff. So I'm not sure uh, hmm. with this one, but I'd imagine yeah. I'd imagine there was some consulting on, on yeah. some level, probably. But yeah, I have I have no I have no idea. There's an election coming up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how this is used for I don't know which party will will benefit from Oppenheimer. Seems like Barbie is definitely being used by the right to beat, <laughs> to beat the culture wars uh, to death. But I don't know yeah. about Oppenheimer yet. I mean, it is crazy. Like the people who are called the downwinders who are like directly affected by this, like the fallout, like the government won't acknowledge or compensate those families. Yeah. Like that them specifically. They're just like, yep, yeah, nope, that never. We're, we're not talking about that. Yeah. We can't hear you. And yeah, so they. Yeah. Again, feel erased by history due to the film's glaring omission of their story and erased by the government. And like Biden last year extended the government's Radiation Exposure Compensation Act, but it still doesn't cover anyone affected by the fallout from the Trinity test. And some lawmakers are trying to use the movie's popularity as a way to finally change that. But so like maybe there's a good thing that could come out of this, but it's it, do it doesn't seem like it's based on sort of the narrative trajectory of the movie that that would happen. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, we see this all the time, like just cancer clusters that pop up near like EPA Superfund sites or like or how long it takes for like the EPA or the government to be like, oh, yeah, that is a cluster of cancer cases that was caused by something that happened like in L.A., like where the Jet Propulsion Laboratory is, you know, where they were like doing a lot of work trying to figure out how rockets, how they can make shit travel very far to just either destroy things or send things into space. That contaminated a lot of water, like in the San Gabriel Valley. That meant there's like these cancer clusters that popped up. That took a while for them to be like, "Oh yes, this is okay." So we need to put like full time water treatment like everywhere near this place because, yeah, we were too busy like playing with chemicals to figure out how to kill people better. Uh, right. It just feels like a. I'm, I can't imagine for every like the groups of downwinders there are. There's you know there's plenty more. I mean, if we think of how long it took for people even in flint michigan to even be acknowledged yeah so it's, sorry yeah. i'm just googling how far the propulsion laboratory is from my house <laughs> when did that happen <laughs> oh right. this was in the 60s it's fine yeah. it's fine you're 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 you're, <laughs> you're completely different water district so it's okay 
It's people in Pasadena and La Cañada, Flint Ridge, and Altadena that are typically the the ones that. Oh, we are, don't like Pasadena anyway. The parking's terrible. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And they didn't let black people own property till very late in the game. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We have our feelings there. <laughs> well, Kiki, such a pleasure having you on yeah. the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff? Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I am on Instagram as it's Kiki Anderson. My podcast, Indecent with Kiki Anderson, is also on Instagram as Indecent Kiki. And you can stream us anywhere you get your podcast. Mm. And is there a work of media that you've been enjoying? I'm watching Righteous Gemstones right now. My boyfriend mm. loves it, so it's very like broy humor, but I- I'm getting behind it. It's fun. Are you, have you watched all the seasons of it? We're on the most recent one, yeah. Okay, yeah, I still have to watch. Well, that's it's three, right? Season three now, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting to yeah, I'm that complete before I dive back in because yeah, I love that show. Danny McBride, he's a genius. Yeah. Miles, where can people uh, find you? What out. is the work of media you've been enjoying? Uh, wherever you have at-based applications, Miles of Gray, G-R-A-Y. Just find me there. I'm doing shit. Uh, also, if you like true crime, I got a new true crime podcast out called The Good Thief, uh, where we talk about the search for the modern-day Robin Hood of Greece, uh, which is a really dope story. Uh, so please check that out. You can find Jack and I talking basketball on our basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad boosties. And uh, I'm talking 90 Day Fiance with uh, Sophie Alexandra on 420 Day Fiance. Uh, and some work of media I like. I'm not going to front, man. The Steph Curry documentary, underrated. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Not going to lie. I mean, I think it is. I, I was I'm, not that I was going in to be like, this better suck. Or, I'm not a, a curry hater by any means, but it really helps underscore like how exceptional he is. So uh, inspiring story and a guy who respects his mother. We love to see that. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien on threads at Jack underscore O underscore Brian tweet. I've been enjoying. I mean, Rob Delaney had a good he tweeted my favorite letter. <laughs> You sure you want to know? Because it's easily the most twisted one attributed to the sassy billionaire. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, is there a song that you think people might enjoy? I think uh, let's go out on this track from uh, a band that only put out like two songs called Lion. Uh, and I think people have probably heard this track. Like it, it gets around. It's called You've Got a Woman. Uh, and it's like a really dope track because it was like this Dutch progressive, like frog drummer wanted to put a band together and found this vocalist and they put together like this psychedelic soul track. And it's just like it. I don't know. It's like one of those tracks you listen to and you're like, is this now or this was from the future, from the past? Uh, so check this out. This is Lion with You've Got a Woman. All right. We will link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes 
their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.